Hello, everybody. Mike and Kenton here. We are so excited to be with you. We record this on a Tuesday morning just after our staff gathers to tell stories about what God's up to. And it's always a fun sort of celebration about why why we do what we do. Uh, we've got a couple of big things to let you know. Number one, our new Bibles are starting to come in. Yes. If you don't know this, we are uh, switching Bibles to the NIV 2010 version. They've just updated it. We're very excited about that. Kenton and I are holding in our hands two hot off the press editions and quite frankly it m- makes me feel warm inside Kenton how does it how does it make you feel I do well I like it you know every let's see 12 years ago we switched to the NLT that's right and we've had a great journey I've le- enjoyed that Bible and now we're switching back to an even more contemporary readable version that the NIV has done and they've done great work at it so we're excited to go to a new Bible yes yeah, so you can buy we have a limited number in our bookstore so if you want to buy those those are um, we're also also reading that through the Mariner's Chrono condensed U version uh, on your uh, on your iPhone, iPad, i whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, this past week, as we've journeyed through Matthew, we got to some harder teachings of Jesus. We are big fans of the warm, fuzzy Jesus, where he's healing and and all those sorts of things. But then Jesus starts putting things in perspective a little bit about wanting to follow him casually. And uh, and Ken, I thought you had an interesting approach. Why don't you just give us a couple of the highlights? of where you took it, because you just didn't talk about the cost to us. You also talked about the cost to him. Right. So we started with the idea, this is the turn in Jesus's ministry, where up until this point, uh, this radical statement comes and Jesus says, I must go. It is necessary for me to go to the cross. And of course, Peter says, there is no way that you can do that, because it was a startling statement for Peter. Everybody in Israel in that day believed in those epic promises of the Old Testament that the Messiah would come and bring the resurrection of the dead, make everything right, destroy the oppression of Rome. And so when he says, I'm going to have to suffer and die, Peter says, you don't understand the role of the Messiah. And so Jesus uh, says first in that um, passage in Matthew 16, I've got to go to the cross. And the reason he goes to the cross is to love us and then to save us legally, to pay the pay, the payment for our sin, to extend forgiveness. And as we talked about, all forgiveness involves suffering. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus had to suffer in our place to give us forgiveness to make us right. And so then Jesus is saying in that passage, I'm going to the cross. I died. Philippians 2 talks about that. Mm-hmm. Jesus comes down, steps down from heaven, gives up his position and his rights, takes on the... Um, position of a humble servant. And Jesus is saying to us as followers, I did not live a life of downward mobility so that my followers could live a life of upward mobility. If you're going to follow me, you have to do the same thing that I did. So Jesus models this idea of going to the cross. It's necessary for people to be made right uh, with God, for people to be loved, for me to go to the cross. And then Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, you've got to pick up your cross and follow me. So we talked about what that meant in both of our campuses. And for us, we focused on the idea of self-denial and surrender that's out of Philippians. And then also the idea of a death and a resurrection that we put Mm. to death the old way of life, Uh, All of these things that are apart, because if you saw somebody carrying a cross in the first century, the one thing you knew is their life as they've lived it, it's over. And that's what Jesus is saying. Your old life and the way you've been living, the selfish ways that you've lived, you know, living for yourself, 
that's over. Now you're going to live loving others. And it's a profound thought to say, you know, I'm going to step down so others can be loved. I'm going to step down so that the message of the gospel can be seen in me. I'm going to step down and surrender so that people can be served. That's right. the only way that we change the world. So we don't change the world by amassing an army or power or force. We change the world by being people who are radically in love with Jesus and we move out with this radical message of love that can change the world. And so that's our message. So it's our lifestyle and it's our message. So that's kind of what we talked about. Love but it. you went at it a little differently because you always do. <laughs> no, I, we, uh, I mean, we obviously dealt with the same central stuff. We, um, we just made the point that, that there are some today that preach Jesus as all benefit and no cost. Right, he's our cosmic life coach here to make our life better and to give us riches and health and whatever else. And then there are other people that preach Jesus as all costs, no benefit. And as long as you're miserable, you're godly. <laughs> and and Jesus thankfully doesn't do either of those. He he clarifies the cost of discipleship, but then he also clarifies the cost of non discipleship. What will it profit you if you gain the whole world and yet lose your Soul And the word for soul there doesn't just mean eternal, like life after death, but it means the very quality that makes life, like real life, worth living. And uh, so we just talked about, you know, of course forgiveness is hard, but unforgiveness is worse. Of course purity is hard, but immorality is worse. Of course generosity is hard, but greed is worse. And so there's no neutral. Jesus just keeps reminding us, whether it's two roads, two gates, you know, two foundations. I mean, he keeps just coming at the same thing over and over and over again. Everyone's loved. Everyone's welcome. But for those who want to follow him, you actually have to be convinced he's worth following. He's not interested in sprinkling a little Jesus stuff on your own agenda. So we spent some time talking about that because that's exactly where my heart is. I want the best of what this world has to offer, and then I want Jesus too. And Jesus comes and he says, that's not going to work. If you're convinced there's treasure other places, uh, discipleship, followership, which is what Jesus was most interested in, um, is not going to happen in your life. And so he was ruthless in this. And that's why I think the tax collectors and the prostitutes and the sinners loved him. They, they knew their life was a wreck. They knew um, that they, they were unable to meet the righteous demands of a holy God. And so when Jesus comes, they flock to him. But the religious folks, those that were convinced they were doing pretty well for themselves, they weren't willing to pay the cost. And so it was just an interesting, interesting conversation because Jesus wonderfully is both grace and truth. Jesus is holy and he's humble. Jesus walks this line to the proud of telling them to count the cost, to, to embrace humility, but to, the, to those that are broken and those that are just, you know, tarnished beyond all religious redemption in, uh, in first century eyes, Jesus invites them and says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so it, this was a great balancing message to uh, a lot of the, the things we've been looking at Jesus is he's so radical in his love and so radical in his grace, but he's also radical uh, in, in the invitation to lay down everything and follow him. So it was a great conversation. I was super glad we had it. Um, this week, we have uh, a couple of cool things going on up here. What's happening up in Irvine? As far as what? The message. Mike, the message. This right. week, we've Who's got coming? Pastor Marethe. Who is from, he? He is a great partner of our he church. Is. 
in Nairobi. A Nairobi chapel was this great growing church, and the church did this incredible thing. It took five people on staff, and it divided its church into five churches because they couldn't find a location. So wonderful church planting strategy. He was a part of that. He's developed uh, and is the pastor of one church, Mavuno, and they are the church we worked with to develop Rooted, Mm -hmm. this 10-week discipleship program. And so it's very exciting because it has the feeling of both an African and American church trying to find our way together. So he's teaching, and it'll be very exciting. He's got Kanji, who is his worship pastor and kind of a popular guy in all of Kenya, and so he'll be leading (laughs) worship with us. So we've got that happening. Yeah, that is is very exciting. This begins uh, two weeks up in Irvine of Outreach Week. So this is Marethe teaching, and then uh, the week after that, um, Kent and Lori will be teaching, uh, and then down at MV... Um, next week, myself and a guy named Barbara Adair will be teaching uh, on Outreach Weekend uh, for us. And so we're super, super excited about all that's happening. I want to I spend a little time conversing, KB, on uh, the topic of hell. That Christian uh, Twitterverse and blogosphere blew up over the weekend when a, a very popular author um, hinted, at least, uh, that his forthcoming book was going to have some universalist undertones and, and um, was going to argue, perhaps, and again, the book's not out yet, so people are rushing to judgment, but it provokes the question, what do we think about hell? Is it a literal hell? Is it eternal hell? Do, do people believe that uh, there's an annihilationist version out there that, that people just cease existing? What's, what's your take on the, on the question? One of the things that I say to people when they ask me about hell, first thing I say is, uh, whatever hell is, it's far worse than what you think it is. <laughs> um, yeah. Because I think, and I think that that's the idea of the Bible, is that it is a place of separation from God. It is the place that, um, that at the end of the day, we lose everything that's valuable to us. And it is, and, and the surprise, the second thing that I say, I say to people is that people have this sense that God sends people to hell. That's right. And the Bible really gives a clear picture that God gives people what they want. Hmm. The second surprise of hell is it is what people want. Heaven is a place of being with God and connected to God. It is living connected to people and in love with each other and a commitment to a sense of being loved and following God. And what hell is, is it's an extension of being away from God. And so I love the picture that C.S. Lewis draws of people becoming smaller and translucent and less real. Hmm. And it's just an imaginary picture. But it has this idea that we're forever becoming less and we're forever becoming smaller and, and distant. And the surprise is that people really don't want to be with God. And God gives them the privilege of saying, you don't want to be with me, you don't have to be with me. You don't want to be in a loving place, you don't have to be in a loving place. And of course, everyone would say, I wouldn't choose that. And yet, pragmatically, they do choose that. When they say, you know, here, God comes and says, you are lost and I want to love you. I want to pay the penalty for your sin. And in pride, they say, no, I don't want that. And they pull themselves away from God. And so, in doing that, they put themselves on the journey of the worst possible thing, right. separating themselves from God. And God says, if you want that, you can have that. Right, right. So then what do you take it from there? I, I see, and I think you said it very, very well, the, the pictures that, 
that uh, Jesus uses. And Jesus, surprise number three, is that he talks about hell more than anybody else. A lot. So you think so that he believes in it. <laughs> seriously. And he refers to it as a, a very literal place. He points to a garbage dump outside of Jerusalem as kind of the picture of smoldering fire. And, and again, these are just metaphors. I think the essence of hell, when you boil down all of the metaphors and the pictures, is isolation. It's, uh, you know, Jesus talks about an outer darkness where there's weeping and there's gnashing of teeth in Genesis. It really is being excluded from God's presence in, in unique ways. And it's, it is a spiritual death that accompanies the, the physical death we all undergo. And so I think there's a very profound uh, lesson in hell as a testimony to God's love. It's exactly what you were saying. We do not believe that God sends people there. He did not create people to send them to this place. However, because love is the highest value in the universe. I mean, at the basis of the universe is this triune community of love. And what God wants from his people is love. You cannot coerce that, manipulate that, or force that. And so God withdraws enough to give us, however you understand it, Calvinistically or otherwise, uh, a bit of, of freedom or at least responsibility to say yes to him. And for those who consistently harden their heart against him and say no, God does give us what we want. And there is something Kierkegaard called a sickness unto death. That, the, that, that there's a lie that says, uh, I, I can have fun now and get serious about you know, things later. Uh, but, but the more you give yourself over to rebellion and to sin, the more it forms you into the kind of person who would never come back. Yeah. To the place where you actually become. It's, and Gollum is the classic example in, in modern movie of somebody who's bent literally their whole life and personality and physicality is bent around something they worship. This Gollum, literally is... The Gollum and Lord, Lord of, of the, the Rings. Rings. Yes. Gollum. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just throw Gollum out there like, oh yeah, Gollum. My peeps are going to know Gollum. <laughs> I don't know about your peeps. Yeah, okay. Um, Tommy Bahama doesn't really focus a lot on, oh, on the Gollum oh, line. Don't go there. I'm sorry, that hurts. Um, but there, but there is this this picture of somebody who's so bent over their own wants, their own desires, they become twisted and distorted. And in C.S. Lewis's picture, uh, translucent, and that God, as an act of love, believe it or not. Um, simply gives them what they want. In fact, the, the Eastern Orthodox tradition has a very interesting view on hell. Um, for them, and I'm oversimplifying drastically, they'd say it way better. For them, hell is the experience of God's love when you don't want it. Mm. So God loves everybody. There are those who are open to it and receive that as heaven. Uh, for those who are not open to it, it comes across as wrath, even though his burn, it's burning zealous love. And I thought that was just an interesting, I don't know what I think about that, except that that was an interesting way to look at it. So I'm sure and if this... if you tie the two weeks together then, you have our message to the world is this beautiful message of the cross. That's Christ right. crucified, which in 1 Corinthians he talks about is this humiliating message that the world hates. That that's right. I would have it's to be... It's foolish. That's right. Well, I would have to be humble enough to believe that I can't make it on my own. All my friends want to hear you're good enough and you're trying right. and God right. will be impressed. And so I say to them, no, you can't make it on your own. But Jesus died in your place for your sins. The elegance, the beauty of the cross. Right. And then at the other side, you get what you want, which is this terrifying thing. So it motivates us yep. in the positive to say, you've got to come to Jesus and believe in his love. And yet at the same time, God does love them enough to let them do what they want. That's right. That's right.
Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, we bless you guys for tuning in every week. We hope this is helpful. Keep giving us feedback and questions because we love talking about this stuff. So bless you and bless Jesus. Bye.